0: Good morning. I want to once again extend a warm welcome to everyone on this Resurrection Sunday. And in just a moment, we're going to be having our communion together. That's a time when we remember the death of Jesus and we go back and remember uh, his body that, that hung on a tree for us. And his blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. But before we do that, I do want to share a few thoughts with you from the Word of God. Uh, This is a special day throughout uh, the religious world. It's considered Easter Sunday where millions come together to commemorate and reflect on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Uh, It's... A historic moment in the Christian uh, life because uh, all of the, the Old Testament points to Jesus and all of the New Testament points back to Jesus. And here we stand, our faith, upon the fact that Jesus lived, died, buried, was buried, and raised again on the third day. And so we, we're just happy that you could be here with us to celebrate uh, this, this great time. Uh, what I want to spend a few minutes talking about is just the good news of the resurrection. The good news of the resurrection. I want this to be an Easter that you remember. Whether you're religious or not religious, maybe someone twisted your arm to come here today. I don't know why you're here. I'm, just, I'm happy that you're here. Uh, whatever reason it may be, but I want it to be a a Sunday that when you walk out of here you can say, this is what the message was about. There's a lot of times I went to church and I couldn't tell you what the message was on or what the main point was. I just know people got fired up about something and they were feeling something and I wasn't getting it. But today I want to make sure that you get what we're talking about because the Bible says That the resurrection is good news. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul is telling us what the gospel is. And the word gospel just means good news. And he says, Now brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. And then he says, for what I received, I passed on to you. As of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve, and that he appeared to more than 500 brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And then he goes on to say, then he appeared to James and all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. But the gospel, the good news, Paul reminds us, is that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried according to the scriptures, and that he was raised on the third day. And you may ask, well, what's so significant about that? What's so important about that? Well, the resurrection is the most significant event in the history of mankind. The fact that Jesus predicted his death and then was raised on the day and at the time that he claimed. The resurrection confirms who Jesus is that He is divine, that He can forgive sins, that He has power over death. And if the resurrection is not true, then the rest of Christianity is not true. If Christ has not been raised, as Paul would go on to say, then our preaching is in vain. Our faith is in vain. We're here for a reason that doesn't exist, and we're wasting our time. But if the resurrection is true and the resurrection is real then we all have to take time to stop and ask ourselves what does that mean for my life? and what impact is that having in my life? the resurrection was something that Jesus talked about time and time again at least in the book of Matthew he predicted his death on three different occasions the Bible says that from that time on Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the rulers, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. So Jesus not only talked about his death, but he said, on the third day I'm going to be raised. And all of us, you know, to some degree, we can predict that we're going to die. Maybe not the exact day. But I can make a prediction, all of y'all are going to die <laughs> one day. And it will probably happen within the next 100 years that all of you are going to die. But Jesus not only predicted his death, but he said, I'm going to be raised on the third day. And no one in history has ever done that before. And then he came through by the power of God on that promise on that prediction. And so the question today is what must happen for the resurrection to be good news in your life? Because if you're like me, I went to church on a lot of Easter Sundays and Easter was the time that my parents made sure that we went to church at least once a year. And we got all dressed up and there were six kids in my family and we all got dressed up and I'm sure it cost my parents a good, good chunk of change to get us all looking nice. And we went to church at least that one Sunday. And so traditionally, at least in the neighborhood where I grew up, if you didn't go to church any other time, you went on Easter Sunday. Now, what was it about? Why was it a big deal? I didn't get all that. But today I want to make sure that you walk out of here saying, I know what that preacher was talking about. Easter Sunday 2017, I want you to walk out of here understanding at least one main point concerning the resurrection. And the resurrection is good news. But is it good news in your life? Does it make a difference in your life? You know, earlier this year in January, the the stock market hit 21,000. Was that good news in your life? Not if you don't have any investments in the stock market. You, you could care less. Like, big, big front page. Stock market hits 21,000. Really? But for people who are invested, there's like, that's great. That's awesome. That's like someone else winning the lottery. It's good news for them. But it's not good news for you unless it's your brother, your sister, or your cousin or your mother, or your father. If, if they love you, at least it, it should be good news. But for a lot of people, it's like this resurrection thing. I'm hearing about it all the time. What's the big deal? And what difference is it making in my life? And for most people, it makes no difference at all. It's just another Sunday where we show respect to God and we talk about the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. But I want to help you today with what must happen for the resurrection to be good news in your life. And here is my main point. I want everybody in here to get this. Even the people who are sleeping, wake up! And get this point right here. Here it is. You must die. For the resurrection to be good news in your life. Did they put that up there? Let's say that together. You must die. Tell your neighbor, you must die. Okay. Now says, Sam, what you talking about? Don't, don't make them die more than once. Just one time. That's all you had to do is tell them one time. You must die for the resurrection. To be good news. So what are you talking about there? Well, the Bible talks about different types of deaths. There's a physical death, which we all will one day encounter. No one's been able to avoid that except for Jesus. Lazarus avoided it, but then he had to die twice. Poor guy. So there's a physical death. And the Bible says that because of Adam and Eve's sin, we've all been cursed and we die physically. Then there's a spiritual death. And spiritual death is separation from God. And a lot of us, we most human beings face that in their life at some point where our sins separate us from God. But we can overcome that by repenting and allowing the blood of Jesus to wash away our sins. Then the Bible talks about the second death. And the second death is judgment. Where people are forever and eternally separated from God. You don't want that death. You read about that in the book of Revelation. Don't go there. And then there's the death to sin. When a person makes a decision that I'm no longer going to let sin reign in my life, sin is no longer going to control me, I'm going to say no to sin, deny myself, and strive to walk according to God's will and according to God's, God's ways. That's death to sin. That's making a decision to be crucified with Christ and to put aside my old ways and to start living for God. And that is the death that we all must encounter for the resurrection to help us. You must die. And I want to make sure that on this Sunday that we're not just speaking some religious jargon that goes way over your head, but I want you to get this. You can be resurrected to a new life, both now and for eternity. If you die, if you're willing to go through this, in Romans, Paul says, Romans 6, verse 1, he says, what shall we say? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase by no means? We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? He's saying that the Christian has made a decision to die to sin. So you dying to sin just means that sin is no longer going to be the way that I pursue my life. That I'm not going to be headed towards sin, but I'm going to be headed toward God and I'm going to try to put sin behind me. Die to it. And then he goes on and talks about the baptism experience where he says, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with them through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him, like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. See, that the Christian experience is is really going through the same things that Jesus went through. What happened to Jesus, get this, must happen to you. You must die, you must be buried, and then you must be raised. That's the Christian experience. And in this Christian life, I'm constantly trying to to die to sin so that God can raise me up to live the life that He created me to live. It's not easy. It's challenging. It's difficult. But if I keep on doing it, if I keep on striving it, not only will I be resurrected in this life by the power of God with the Spirit living in me, but on that final day, I'll be resurrected to live with God forever. But what must you do in order for that that, to happen? Tell me, church, what must you do? You must die. You must die. And let me tell you something. The hardest part is dying. Oh, my goodness. Dying is difficult. Because there are things in us that don't want to be put to death that just don't want to be crucified. Dying to sin and self is the challenge of the Christian life. Now, I'd love to hear about the resurrected life. I'd love to hear about God's power and what God can do and... And you hear these stories and how people's lives have changed and they've turned around and, and sometimes they, they make it seem like, wow, this is amazing and how could that happen? And oftentimes it is. But a lot of times what you don't hear at church is that you must live a crucified life. And that what God is wanting you to do It's to work, to die to yourself and to crucify that old man so that he can work through you and raise you to be a whole new person. It's the dying. So let me make it a little bit more practical for you and then we're going to have communion together. Colossians chapter 3. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, since then you've been raised with Christ, Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you did what? You died. He's not talking about a physical death. He's talking about you made a decision to die to your sins and to your old ways. And your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, now he's talking about being resurrected, then you also will appear with him in glory. He says, you died. See, there have to be two deaths in your life for you to be resurrected. You have to die to sin, and then you have to die physically. Then you'll be resurrected. Now, you're going to die physically. That's going to happen. The question today is, are you going to die to your sin and to your old ways? He says, you were, you were buried with him. Well, in the Christian life, we're buried in the waters of baptism. But then one day you, know, I don't know, you might get cremated, I don't know, but it's still going to be considered a burial, okay? You're going to have a burial. You're going to have a funeral. So there'll be, there'll be two funerals. And for everybody who becomes a Christian, there is a funeral. And we put the old man to death and we say, hey, now let's raise up the new man. The challenge is, you know, that old man... He wants to keep, because like the, you know, the vampires, he wants to keep coming back. He's like a zombie. So you have to keep trying to kill him. You know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't want to stay dead. That's the challenge. And then he says, you're raised. So in baptism, you're raised. And then in eternity, you're raised again. When, you, when the Lord comes back, you're raised again. And then you will appear with him in glory. So it's, it's wonderful. It's awesome. It's great. But let me show you another, the other part of Colossians 3 that, when I first read it, made me wonder, can anybody be a Christian? So let's go there. Colossians 3, verse 5. Now I'm telling you, when I read this, I went, you can't do this. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly, sinful, fleshly nature. Did they put that up there? Oh, there it is. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Like I told you, I don't want this to be a Sunday where you were guessing what the preacher was talking about. I want you to understand exactly what I'm talking about today. You want to be resurrected, you got to die. And this list, almost everybody falls into it. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. That's profanity. I'm just explaining it to you. Cussing. Lying. All that's got to go. He even put lying in there. He said, he put that separate category. Do not lie to each other. Since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge of the image of its creator. You know, we've been singing these songs on the power of the resurrection. There's power. I feel the spirit. I feel the, the, the power of the spirit. See, the resurrected life, It's not just being religious. It's not just going to church. The resurrected life is God giving you the power to put to death these things in your life. For them to no longer control you. For them to no longer have reign over your life. For God to come in your life and for you to walk away a different person no longer dominated by self and sin. That's the power of the resurrection. That's what God wants to do in your life. This is what Christianity is all about. Anybody can be religious. What God wants to know is what's going on in your private life. Not what's going on on Sunday, but what's going on from Monday to Saturday. And God is saying, I want to do something in your life that changes you forever. I want to. To crucify the old you and raise up a new you who's no longer a slave to sin. It's amazing. And God can do it. But you have to decide that you want to die. And that's the hardest part of all. It's not, can you die? Oh, you can. Are you able to? Obviously, you can do it. God never asks us to do something that we can't do. He sometimes asks us to do things that we don't want to do. But this is what it's all about. Living a crucified life. This is the power of the resurrection. And if... No matter how religious you are, no matter what you do, if you don't allow God to help you overcome these things, you'll never see that last resurrection, the one that really counts. Now it says, well, Sam, are we perfect in these things? Oh, no. You know, we we have our struggles, don't we, church? We have our struggles. We have our ups and downs. We, We have our issues. But God says, look, stick with me, and I'll help you through it. He says, well, Sam, I don't don't think I can do it. Then you're denying not what you can do. You're denying what God can do. God can take your little life and transform it. Because in the end, he says, you have to put on the new self. God can make you brand new. That's the amazing thing about becoming a Christian is that you start all over and everything you ever did in the past is forgotten. Every sin, every evil thought, every mistake, everything you were ashamed of, everything you were guilty of, everything that you hid from your mama and your daddy, everything that you don't want your friends to know about, that you don't even want your husband or your wife to know about, God comes in as you... Open up yourself to him and says, take me, Lord. I'm willing to hang on that spiritual tree and die to sin. He wipes it all away, not just for a week, not just for a month, but for all eternity. And he never brings it up again because you've been crucified. You're dead. And a new person is raised to life. That's why we come to church. Is to get help with continuing to live a crucified life. And then this is how it all will end. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13, this is what Paul says. He says, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. Can I get an amen on that? And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who've fallen asleep in him That's those who died before us. According, he says, they're just asleep. They're they're not really gone yet. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that those who are still alive, who are left to the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who've fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and... The dead in Christ will rise first. So when you die, just make sure that you're in Christ. Because if you're in Christ, death can't touch you. If you're in Christ, the devil can't touch you. If you're in Christ, death can't touch you. In Christ is where you want to be. And the way you get in Christ is decide that I'm going to die, I'm going to be buried I'm going to be raised again with Jesus. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. You ever wish you could fly? Well, you're going to have to die before you can fly. And so we will be with the Lord for how long, church? For how long? Forever and ever and ever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. See, sometimes we get a little weary in this Christian life. And we wonder, is it worth it? Can I still do it? Can I hang in there? You know, how long? Look, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. But what I want you to walk away with today is you can be raised again. But you must first die. And if you make that decision today to die to your sins and allow God to come into your life and, and you're going to walk with him, you'll experience what we, re- we read here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 by faith. Because in the end, no one who's done this will have any regrets. will never regret we gave our hearts to God and we we work hard to put to death our sinful nature. But everyone who does not do it will have an eternity of regrets. So what do we do each week? You know, each week we take time to remember the death of Jesus. Because it's the dying that's most difficult. And it's the dying that we must remind ourselves that, look, I've got to, this week, decide to die to my pride, to die to my arrogance, to die to my selfishness. And my example and my model in this is Jesus Christ himself, who gave it all, who surrendered himself totally. And so as I take this bread, it reminds me that Jesus surrendered his body to God. And he gave it over to a brutal and an unfair humiliation. And as I take this fruit of the vine which represents Christ's blood, it reminds me of the blood that was spilled so that all my sins for all time could be washed away. And so as we as we commune together, what do you need to die to this week? What do you need to put to death so that you can live by God's power a resurrected life? Let's pray together. Our God and Father in Heaven, thank you so much for Jesus coming to show us how to live, to die for our sins, to give us hope beyond this life. And God, we are blown away and moved by the fact that he not only died but he was raised on the third day and it gives us hope that no one can take away from us help us God as we reflect on him to make a decision each and every day to crucify our sinful nature and to walk according to your will to live according to your word Thank you for this time as we commune together, as we consider who you are and what you've called us to be through your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray in his name. Amen.